This is a Sandy Boy Productions podcast. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Why Is Everyone Yelling with Lindsay Hine. I'm your host, Lindsay, and I'm so happy to have you joining us today. So grateful you're here. This is a podcast that is for parents or anybody helping raise kids. I bring on experts and everyday parents in hopes that you can feel some community and encouragement and support in your day-to-day life. Today, we have a super fun guest on the show. You are listening to episode 68, and my guest is Shannon Battle. Shannon is a mentor, a business owner, a speaker, a counselor, and she is the mother of five. She's also hilarious. I had so much fun talking to her, hearing about her journey, owning her own business, and taking chances. She actually recently got her license to be a general contractor, and the story behind that is so cool that she saw the need for it, and she just said, okay, what do I have to do? I'm going to do it. And uh, I just love her drive. And I think that she will motivate you to get off your butt and go do something that needs to get done today. I really, I really felt that when I talked to her. Uh, Hey, this podcast is part of the Sandy Boy Productions Podcast Network, which is the network I started in 2019. We have some other great shows in the network. I'll Have Another with Lindsay Hine is my podcast for runners or anybody who follows the running community at all. I mostly interview professional runners over there. And I also have some coaching background in my story. I've been a running coach for eight years. So if you're looking for help training for a 5K half marathon marathon, I can help you out. You can find information on that at lindsayhine.com. I also have half marathon and marathon training plans uh, for sale on my website, lindsayhine.com. So I would love to have you check those out. They're actually on sale. Lindsay5 is the coupon code. You can get $5 off any of those if you go check them out. All right, friends, leave us a rating and review on iTunes or Spotify if you enjoy this show. And hey, go enjoy this show. I hope you have as much fun listening to my conversation with Shannon as I had talking with her. Today, we're talking to Shannon Battle on Why Is Everyone Yelling? Hi, Shannon. Hi, Lindsay. Hi, why is everyone yelling? Everybody listening, watching. What? Hey, what state are you in? Where Are you in North Carolina? Yes, I'm a Southern girl. Okay, because you know, I just moved to North Carolina. No! Yeah, in Raleigh. <laughs> no, because that's where I want to move to. <laughs> where, do you, where, where are you guys? So, I'm from Fayetteville, which is near Fort Bragg, because my husband used to be prior military. Um and I wanted to leave Fayetteville. I said, you know, you've got me get out. I'm ready to move and everything. So about 18 years ago, he said, okay, we're going to move. He moved me to a town right outside of Fayetteville called Rayford. So I okay. live in Rayford. <laughs> <laughs> How far is that from Raleigh? Like 45 minutes. Oh, oh, you're close then. Yes, ma'am. Oh, my goodness. Well, that's exciting. I'm from Indiana and we kind of randomly moved here. So. Wow, that yeah. was bold. It was bold. I mean, we both lived in Indiana our whole lives, and my husband's job kind of moved us here, but it was also kind of like he can work from home, but this is a good excuse to mm-hmm. try something new. And we wanted warmer weather, milder winters. So, um, although I'm looking out my window right now and it's snowing. That part. <laughs> yeah. I just news. I was like, oh, they're getting snow. My daughter, she came in. She said, how about they're getting snow in the Raleigh area? And I was like, good for them, because I don't want it. No, but yesterday I went running and it was 70 degrees. So that like storm really brought this in this morning. So tell us about your family. You have five kids. Oh, gosh, yes. I have five kids and I have one baby daddy. I've been married. Um, Actually, tomorrow, the fourth is our anniversary, and I will be celebrating 27 years of marriage. Oh, congratulations. Thank you. I have, uh, and we're both still alive. I mean, it's just amazing. I was like, oh, God, you know, I hadn't killed you yet. (laughs) So that's a good thing to celebrate. But our kids, our ages range from 26, I want to say, to 14. So three girls, two boys. 
tell me what it's like being in this like half out of the house, half still in the house phase of life. Girl, I say three quarters in and then a fourth out because <laughs> every time I think they gone, especially that oldest one, she come back with stuff. I mean, she got more stuff stockpiled in my house than I do. And so <laughs> we cleared out one of the rooms the other day and we can't put anything in the room because it's all of her shoes. She collects, she's a, she sells shoes. So she has all of these shoes in there and then all of these clothes. I said, but you don't pay no rent here. And I'm getting confused and conflicted and everything. So it, it's a challenge because if you're going to be in my house, you got to follow my rules and you got to listen to me. So I know I'm not supposed to be manager of your life anymore when you're grown. But until you officially marry bill, light bill, water bill, mortgage bill, all that, then you're going to have to listen to mama. So I'm still trying to find out how to work that out. I imagine that's really challenging because it's like, um, I, my kids are still really young, but I, I already mourn when they leave just because I know it'll be a different phase of life. But also like you want your kids to go like you're, you know, it's like what the natural thing to do, but then you mm-hmm. probably also still want them around. So I imagine that's hard. No, ma'am. I don't want my kids nowhere. No, ma'am. I'm ready for them to go. So when you they look at me you, so, no, no, because like my oldest, she was like, mom, she was like, you didn't parent me the same way you did Shana, my 14 year old. I said, well, first of all, blame God, because I didn't ask you to come first. That was his <laughs> responsibility, not mine. I said, and now that I have learned and you have taught me well about life, I just don't let her stress me out. So, you know, that's the difference. Now you taught me well. Thank you. And she's really glad about it. (laughs) You know, that's so true, too, though, because like if you have five kids, I mean, I have four, but like by the time your youngest gets around to the teenage years or whatever it is, you've learned a lot as a parent and you like things change. The world changes. So, of course, you're going to do things differently and you're older. Absolutely. And when they as they change, we have to recognize that we change, too. So where I started as a teen mom. So what I did in my teenage years is totally different from what I'm doing in my 40s. I understand things a lot better. You know, I just got a lot of life experiences. So my parenting should develop, you know, and and that's why I encourage, you know, women who are going through this parenting thing, you know, you're, you're just be okay with making mistakes. You are going to get it wrong. You know, you, you're going to get it wrong. You're going to get a lot of things wrong, but you're going to get a lot of things right as well. And as you grow up, is it'll be like an aha, but it'll be like, you know, looking back at your life, you know, focus 2020 because you're looking back at it, but you just do it better going forward and you just don't hold yourself hostage to things you could have done better. You just, you know, keep doing your best moving forward. Okay, I'm so fascinated. You were a teen mom and you've been married 26 years. There's a lot to that. Yes. Oh, my God. And both of us came, you know, from brokenness. Um, Both of our, for me, both of my parents, you know, they were great parents, great parents. But addiction ruled my home because they were, um, they were addicts. Uh, And it was tough. You know, I had to grow up very fast. And I graduated high school at 16. I went on to college, met my husband. He was in love. I was not in love. And I told him that, you know, I'm like, first of all, I love me. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> and I, you know, my mama, you out here tripping. I love my mama too. But, you know, over here talking about loving you and being a wife. I was like, yo. But then when I got pregnant, because we did things backwards, um, I got pregnant. And I was like, and he was getting ready to go to Korea because he was in the military. I was like. You're not leaving me here as a baby mama. And so instantly I had to grow up. It was like, look, Shannon, what do you want? And I looked at friends around me. I looked at circumstances around me. I knew that I did not want to have different baby daddies. I just because I was adopted um, by my mom's husband. So I did not want that for my kids. So I was like, you know what? You just going to have to put your best foot forward and do this because he wanted to marry me. So we went ahead and we got married that very next day. He went to Korea for a whole year. So I lived with my great grandma and then I had my baby and then that's just we just kept having babies. Okay, I have to learn more about this because you said you weren't in love, but you but you've been married 26 years now. So Mm -hmm. like, how do you you put your best foot forward? How do you then like fall in love or what does love mean now? Because you love each other and then you had five babies. So like, talk to me about that experience, because I do think, too, there's so much choice in marriage, right? Like people leave marriages for really real reasons, but like there's so much choice in staying too when things get hard. So I just like, I just want to hear you talk about that because it seems like you know a lot. 
Well, I mean, because I knew what I wanted and I knew what I wanted at a young age and I have to see that actualized. Mm. So that means that where someone may not be able to forgive a wrong, I will likely forgive a wrong as I encounter it. I experience it and I allow myself to grow through it and make the choice if I want to stay or if I want to go. So I own the choice to stay. I don't I don't feel bound to stay because of kids, even though that's the vision that, you know, is a part of the motivation. But as I'm with him now, I choose to love him and I get to choose where my love goes. I know we're supposed to love, you know, everybody and love our enemies and things like that. But when it comes to the relationships that you value, I get to, you know, I get to I'm empowered with that choice. And so people say, well, you know, you fall in love and, you know, you've heard it. If you fall in love, that means you can fall out of it. So I'm, I don't I've never looked at myself as falling in love, but I have seen myself as growing and developing in love and becoming one with my husband. Mm-hmm. And so in order if, if you break us apart, then it's a whole unit that comes apart with that. And so I see us as a whole and I don't see this as him half me half or anything like that. So it's a different dynamic when you're looking at it and when you're really trying to explain love. Uh, my my 18 year my 17 year old daughter she was asking me the other day at the t- at the dinner table and she was like, "Mom, she said, "How do you know when you're in love?" I said, "Honey, I said you just know." I said, "And you know it because it looks different from anything else and you know that you don't want to do without it. You know that if you were on your dying bed, that would be the person that you would want with you. You know that if you went dead broke and had to live in a car, that you would want that person in that car living with you. You know that at the extreme weakness, vulnerability, and lowest point of your life, that's the person you want, you know, riding with you. And my husband is that. He's my ride or die. You know what I'm saying? So even when he makes mistakes, I make mistakes. You know, we just fight through it because we choose to be together. You know, we choose to love each other. And I think that choice empowers the ability to be able to grow through whatever we have to, you know, try to learn to conquer in our relationship. Wow. That's so good. Um, I'm curious. My mom, my mom also had my myself and my sisters really young. She was 19 when she had my older sister um, and 21 when she had me, but she always says to me, she's like, I just did like what, you know, like we didn't have any money. Like I was so young. I didn't have a lot of guidance. I just like did what I had to do when you guys were little. And now in 2021, there's just like so many resources and things to, to read and just <laughs> everything in your face. And like, Sometimes I mourn the simplicity of what she had. You know, I was almost 30 when I had my first baby. So financially, I'm happy that I was more stable. But like um, sometimes when she says that, I'm like, that must have felt kind of good to just do because you had to. You did. And, you know, you had to find ways. You just had to grind it out. I mean, I wish I could have TikTok how to fix, you know, bad situations between me and my <laughs> husband. You know, I, I wish I could do those things. But even when I look at that, so, you know, when I'm talking to other women, and I'm helping them, you know, through challenges or, or men or whatever. And, you know, I tell them that, you know, your house is a culture in itself. Mm-hmm. You know, it speaks its own language. It has its own vibe. I mean, anybody, somebody could walk into your house and be like, oh, God, this house, is, it just feels so warm. But Everybody else knows it's just pure chaotic because mom not talking, dad not talking, kids are doing everything because it's your, it's a different culture. So, you know, you come in and you have a different depiction because you're an outsider coming in. So then that's why, you know, you really have to be cautious about what advice you really take on, what examples you're trying to model your relationship after. And you really have to figure out what works for you all at this stage in your marriage, because marriage also goes through different development stages. I love that you have your own culture inside your home. Mm -hmm. That's such a good way to think about it because, man, sometimes I show up at somebody else's house with my hot mess crew. Like there's four (laughs) little boys like we're loud. We fight, you know, and I'm like. It's so peaceful in this other home. Right, right, right. You know, I'm like, are we crazy? This is our culture, though. This is okay. This is us. 
<laughs> and it's funny because when my older my older kids come back, my 23 year old, he's engaged and he lives in Charlotte, North Carolina. They'll come home and now the kids are in their bedrooms and they're confused. They're like, how are they in their bedrooms? It's too quiet here. This doesn't feel right. You know, they don't even like it, you know, because and then so what I have to do often to get everybody out of the rooms, I got to start cooking. You know, uh, so in the kitchen, and then everyone comes in the kitchen. Everybody got conversations, and they'll start playing Uno at the table and things like that. Because I never allowed my kids to have TVs in their room, but my kids got cell phones now. So you know, it kind of you know throws that idea you know out the window because they can you know see everything on their phone. Whereas when my olders were growing up, they didn't have cell phones, so they didn't have technology. In their rooms, because I always believe that, you know, you only went to your room to rest and to sleep, but your engagement needed to happen in, in the community of your home. So it was is is looking a lot different. But yeah, they they when our house is, you know, we don't have something going on, we're not joking on each other. And you know, you would walk in and be like, Dad, y'all are so brutal to each other, but that's our language. <laughs> um, have you found that to be a struggle, like the technology now? Yes. Yeah, it is because you can't control everything. And, you know, as moms, we want to be in control. And as much as, you know, we say, oh, you know, we no, we want to be in control. <laughs> and, um, so don't believe that lie for a woman telling you that because she's lying. But, you know, and so I can't control everything. And then I can't hold myself hostage to what I can't control. So only thing I do is I talk to them. And if I find out these are the consequences mm. and we work through it, you know, together. And, and that's just the way I look at it now because it you know it's like it, it, it goes from one end of the the spectrum to the other because it can be very helpful in a lot of instances but it can be very harmful so you just got to be able to just work through it and monitor the phone so don't be afraid to go through your kids phones I my older teen if I pay your bill I go through your phone yeah so that's just what it is I love that um tell us about your business I can and 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 your your counseling services I want to hear all about what you do professionally Oh gosh! So There's you would so think, much. I was, yeah, girl, you would think I'm I'm like little cray cray over here because it's like when people are like, oh, you know, in our and you know when we're doing things, it's like you got to have that one niche. Oh, totally. You, know, you just do very well. I'm like, well, shoot, you should have told me that before I became a mama because I had to be a lot of things. I had to pull out teeth. So I had to be a dentist. Then I had to, you know, make sure they got their teeth clean. Then I had to be a hygienist for the daggone dentist. Then you know, I'm just saying, you think about all the things you have to be in. Like now, all of a sudden, when I get in this adult world, I got to have one niche. So no, thank <laughs> you. Do it all. Do what you love. <laughs> yeah. And I'm doing that. So my primary company is um, foster care counseling company. So I do place I place kids who come into the system throughout the state of North Carolina. I've been doing that um, since 2011. So over 10 years now. And that started from ICANN and Associates, which I started back in 2000. And that was uh, uh, where I owned residential treatment homes for at-risk adolescents. I opened that business when I was 22 years old. So I started since then, and I've been working for myself ever since. And then in between, I can just started evolving, and it became a movement. My husband, he has a clothing line, I can, which is, you know, I can here. I love it. And um, it stands for I Can Achieve Now. And so he was motivated by... Uh, someone, uh, this preacher named Billy Graham, and they were, you know, looking at, um, you know, he was like, Dag, I wish you could really empower kids during Columbine high school shooting. And so when I saw what it was doing with him, it kind of like created some momentum in me. And then I just started going for different things. And then from there, um, I did TV. I had a TV show called The I Can Show. And then from there, I, um, I had a shoe store <laughs> and um, then from there I uh, started. Uh, what else did I do? Well, I can talk about now because I've done a lot of things. I'm not afraid to take a risk and I'm not afraid of losing money because I know how to make money. So I will take the risk. Um, and that's what a lot of people are scared to do. I think it's, it's so scary to start something new because there's a big financial investment. Right, right. And uh, but it's money and, you know, you have to learn how what the purpose of money is, is, is it's meant to grow and it can't grow if you don't do anything with it. And it didn't grow very fast when it was sitting in my savings account. So I was like, OK, let me do something else here and let me try it. I'd rather, you know, try it and then just, you know, OK, well, find me a job if I have to do that. But thank God I never had to do that again. But um, 
then I have a, I'm a licensed general contractor. So I have a construction company and we build and I'm building my husband, my son. He just uh, qualified for 100 um, percent FHA loan financing to build um, his first multiplex. And I'm going to be his builder. So he's 18. And so I'm really grateful for that. Um, I'm getting into development now, so I'm I'm not doing big development projects like you see, like in the cities and stuff like that. I'm starting small because I need to grow at a at an with enough cushion that if I fall, I can rebound quickly from it. So I don't want to put myself out there too far. So this year I'm doing that. Um, and we have we bought a block last year, so we own homes in a community. And we've renovated those homes. And so now we have some of those that we've licensed to the state where they're using to bring people um, in support of housing um, and using our homes to do that. So doing that. And I think that's about it. And then, you know, I do my personal coaching stuff sometimes. <laughs> I, like, here's my question. How do you have time and how do you have the energy to do all this? A calendar. <laughs> what calendar do you use? A Google calendar? Google? Yeah. <laughs> when the kids say to Google it, you Google it. I don't say yes until I look at my Google calendar. And, you know, that's what I live by that. So people be like, oh, I'm like, okay, let me, I, I mean, give me a second. And I look at my calendar. So if it's not on my calendar, it ain't happening. How do you, are you an early riser? Yes. I get up about five o'clock every morning. Okay. What do you, okay, so I was thinking about this yesterday as I was, I, I'm a runner and I was going for my run and I was thinking like, I, yes, I run to set an example for my kids, but also like I do this so I have the energy to like pour into my family, my business, all these things. What do you do to give yourself energy to like show up in all these places that you need to show up? Um, I, I, I'm not a runner, but I do like to jog. Uh, so I like to exercise and I do that every day. That's why I get up so early. I like to be up before everybody else gets up because as soon as one person is up and if I hear you, it interrupts me. Mm -hmm. I'm, I, you know what I'm saying? Now I'm, I'm focused somewhere else. Um, that time is over the second someone's over. up. Yeah. And I try to hurry up and get up before my husband starts to teep. Cause as soon as he gets up, you know, he grabs the remote and he's watching the news. I'm not a news person. He's my news reporter. Mm. So since he's my news reporter, you know, I, I, I let him do that. And then I just focus on just clearing my mind, just emptying out and, you know, just, you know, just letting my thoughts free, go free. I don't try to block thoughts uh, or, you know, even if I'm having a negative thought, I let myself to live through it. You know, it's like, okay, where's this coming from? Why are you doing this? You know, don't fight it, just roll with it. So really learning to, you know, roll with resistance, even my own resistance and, you know, just, um, just taking it day by day. So some days I don't exercise, but you know, I still take time for me. Hey friends, a quick break here. Are you looking for a legit vitamin for yourself or your kids? I have been taking Prevenex vitamins for almost two years now. They are clean, they are effective, and you can even just get on an easy subscription plan so that you don't like go a month or two without taking your daily vitamins. Their kids vitamin, it's called Supervites, the children's chewable multivitamin. The Supervites contain optimal forms and amounts of key vitamins, minerals, and antioxidants that support children. They're low in sugar from natural sources, preservative, artificial, additive, and junk free. There is a blend of 28 organic superfruits and veggies in each servings, including broccoli, kale, beet, spinach, carrot, pomegranate, acai fruit, and more. These things are great. My kids love them. My kids actually request them, which is amazing. And Provenex also has a program where they give back. So for every bottle that you purchase, they donate a bottle to malnourished kids around the world, which is just really cool. Um, to date, they've donated over a million dollars worth of Supervites vitamins to kids in need. So I just love that. I love that give back model. Uh, but yeah, they also have adult vitamins, which I take multivitamins, joint health plus vitamins, and great protein powder. This is a company I believe in. And if you want to check it out and get 15% off your first order, go to Prevenex.com and use the code Lindsay15. That's L I N D S E Y 15. All right, friends. Back to my conversation with Shannon. Okay, so listen, I want to know, are you still doing the foster care counseling stuff? Yes. Okay, 
Where did your heart for that come from? Oh, gosh. I think because of my upbringing. Yeah. Yeah, it came from um, my upbringing, and it is um, – it came from my personal hurts, and I wanted to be able to help other kids. And I remember one time I was sitting in a church service, and in that church service – they were asking, um, you know, what goals do you want to set and everything? And I still have that book. And that was back in 1999. And I wrote all these goals and I wanted to have a youth center. I've never owned a youth center, but I did do something to help youth. So the, the way in which I thought that I was going to be able to serve people it took a little pivot, but it still was right where it needed to land because it, you know, has afforded me all the different opportunities, you know, that I've experienced now. So I began that business out of my own personal hurt and learning to grow through that hurt. You know, I feel like a lot of people, including myself, have a passion to do something along those lines as far as like helping other people, but you, we feel, uh, paralyzed, right? Like Mm -hmm. I, you know, I always think about like, we should foster, we should foster, like we have the resources we have, we have the home to do it, but then I get paralyzed because like, that's such a big move and it feels scary, but I feel like you, it seems like you've taken the steps to do things like that and like not let fear stand in your way of like, all the hurdles and obstacles that might come about. Um, how how do you face those things? And, and what would you suggest to someone who's like, wants to make a move on something big, but is scared because all the steps seem so, like there's too many. Right. I really think you just need to be very laser focused on your vision. Why? You know, why do you want to foster? Because if there's an aspect of that that's actually communing communicating something differently that you haven't resonated with, you need to sit with it for a little bit. Because like I shared with you where I thought I was going to open up a youth center, it did not become a youth center. It became a home for at-risk youth. So it, and then it just began developing, you know, from that. So I think the, the place in where you start at, you don't hold your hostage to yourself hostage to it if it fails and doesn't go that direction. You use that to, you know, my cousin wrote a book, Follow Your Breadcrumbs. You use that as the Hansel and Gretel approach, you know, following the crumbs to wherever this thought is leading to. So if you, so for me, I wanted to always be a financial feather to my husband. I wanted to contribute. I was a business, you know, I always just saw myself in corporate and, you know, even though, you know, I was a teen mom or whatever, early, you know, teen wife. And I wanted to contribute to my household. I didn't want to be the typical military wife, you know, always depending on my husband and didn't have money and stuff like that. That just was not a part of my vision. So I went to college, went and got my master's. I didn't know where things were going to land, but I was just taking those steps to become my better, my best version of me. But then when I recognized that I did want to help people, but I was like, okay, God, how can I help people and get paid from it and mm-hmm. still manage my household well? How can I show up at all my kids' games? How can I make sure that I'm there for my husband? And how can I make sure, you know, that I'm able to actually, you know, hear from you too and all of this? And I'm trying to figure that out. And that's how it landed. You know, so you never get stuck on the one way in which you see it because it's just so linear. There's so many things that have to move and shift in the atmosphere to make room for you and your vision. So that's why you just have to say, okay, well, if I, I really have a heart for fostering, well, you love kids and you want to make sure that you're able to, to do for them that is, is happening for your kids and how that's showing up. But then you have to look at, okay, well, is this, is this what it's asked? Is this what this vision is asking for from me right now? And, and, and it's just trial and error. And I don't say that to discourage anybody at all, you know, from their dreams or whatever. But I just say, just don't get so locked in, you know, holding yourself, you know, compartmentalized to just that one way in which it triggered, you know, that initial thought. Allow yourself to have room to, you know, to freely, you know, let them let them thoughts just go, you know, and take you in different directions. I cannot imagine doing all that with the little kids. Like, I just... I don't know how you did it. Like, I just, I can't imagine. And talk to me about like what your husband was saying this whole time. Because here's the, I'm like a dreamer and my husband's a realist. And so sometimes that like (laughs) 
is a struggle because I'm like, why not? You know, and he's kind of like, because X, Y, and Z and these numbers and these numbers. So like, how do you balance that? Oh, yeah. I'm in the Lindsay tribe. So I have to, I have to show up. You know what I'm saying? So he has to see it. Yeah. And my husband did not see it. But when he saw that first check when it came through, he said, baby, is this legal? (laughs) I said, yes. And he was like, well, I think I'm going to get out of the military and help you. And I was like, well, come on. Because I already knew that my husband was a realist. He was a provider. Mm -hmm. And I know I never had to worry. That man had to get out and work three jobs to take care of us. He was going to make sure that we were taken care of because that man loves me and he loves his, his children. So I wasn't concerned about that. I just wanted him to, you know, just make sure that he was comfortable in making, you know, that decision. So when I did it, like how your mom told you, you know, we didn't have all the resources back then. You figured it out. So what happens is all of this flooding of information that we're getting right now is, is is like it's telling us that we're not ready and that we have to have certain things in place in order for it to work out with the best possible outcome. But nothing can predict the journey of your life. You know what I'm saying? You have a destiny to fulfill. You are, you know, you're a remnant of of heaven's blessing, just, you know, born here on earth. So nobody can really say what, you know, your success, you know, formula is going to look like for you and your family. But one thing that we always say, like even now, because now I can hashtag it, we've always been team battle. So I found ways to incorporate my kids into my business because it became a family business. It wasn't just mom and dad. So when they had to come to one of the facilities and they had to wait hours for us, you know, I had them maybe staple paperwork for me or do something to be included. So they didn't feel like, you know, they were, you know, either being um, in the way, being an obstruction or even being neglected as a result of us, you know, having to make decisions to that sometimes took our personal time so we could give it to the business. Is that house, is that group, is that still around? It's around today as an Airbnb. So my husband and I are now going into Airbnb as our first house. And he he thinks he is just the interior designer. So he set the house and everything. So he's doing that today as we're speaking. So we plan on posting that, um, well, posting it in Airbnb, you know, this week, hopefully. Oh, so it's going to go up live for the first time. Yeah, it's gonna. Yeah, we're no longer doing the group homes anymore. Um, so we're just sticking straight to foster care. It that works for us, and you know, and it's and it's lighter for us. Um, you can pay people to manage, but it, it's it's a lot of responsibility. And now I'm at this stage in life. I just want to work smarter and not harder. Um, we had an Airbnb. We had a like a carriage house in the back of our old our old home in Indianapolis. It was above our garage in the back and. Um, we finished it and turned it into an Airbnb. We did it for three years and it was, it was a really cool experience. I was sad to leave that house. I mean, it was just, we bought a house that had a separate garage structure with a separate structure above it that we just had to finish for it. And, um, I'm so thankful for the experience, but that was one of those things where I think my husband probably would have just sat around and been like, yeah, we could do that someday. And I was like, no, we are doing it. This is silly. It's just sitting there. Like, why would we not, you know? One thing, Lindsay, you just have to understand because sometimes it feels like our husbands can hold us back. And if you really trust who he is and knowing that he compliments your weaknesses, mm-hmm. then you are in the right marriage. You're in the right relationship and you have to really learn to trust your husband. So everything now tells us as women, you know, in society, you just go for it and, you know, you just do what's on your heart and, you know, you put you first. But at the end of the day, when we look at all it is, we putting our kids above anything and our husbands comes first. You know what I'm saying? So it depends on how you structure your home. If, if, if that's not the culture of your home, everybody doing what they, you know, big and bad enough to do and want to do, you know, y'all okay with that. And that works for you and fine. But in my household, there's order. And, you know, I, I have to consult with my husband on certain things. He has to consult with me on certain things. And I know it may seem, you know, uh, tribal or something like that, but it works for us. And so I can say it works because I'm married over here, you know, 27 years later. <laughs> Tell me about the uh, contracting work. That's also like, a big scary thing like for me I love the idea of that but like just taking it on you're just like I'm gonna do this well so 
Anytime. Okay. So I told you that, you know, my family come first and everything. So does my money, you know, cause I'm like, I don't just do things for the fun of it because it has to make sense. You yeah. know, it, you need to be remunerated for, you know, your worth and your time. And so my husband was doing uh, concrete masonry work and um, he was doing driveways and he was doing retainer walls and things like that. But he was turning down jobs. So I started inquiring more. I'm like, why are you turning down that job? And he was like, because you got to have a general contractor if it's over $30,000. And okay. I was like, well, what you got to do to be a general contractor? He was like, I don't know. I said, well, I'll go figure it out. <laughs> <laughs> so good. And so I did it. And then I went to I went to a convention in Raleigh for where they have all these different. If you're a hub vendor, meaning historically underutilized business. And I encourage, you know, every woman that's in business, you know, definitely look at, you know, some of the state opportunities so you can get, you know, get some of these contracts. And I went to one of their conferences and I met an old, a former employee of mine and he was doing dump trucks. And he was like, Miss Battle, I'm doing this now. I opened my business. And he was telling me, I was like, OK, he said, what y'all doing? I said, well, my husband want me to be a general contractor, but I don't know what to do. He was like, you can do it. And I was like, yeah, I can. And I said, how am I going to do it? And then he told me, gave me suggestions on what to do to get it done. I did it and I passed the test on the first try. And I haven't looked back. And now it keeps opening into other things. And now I'm registered with our Employment Security Commission and, you know, getting people who are um, uh, who are post-released um, felons. They're able to work for me because the one thing about the construction business, you know, you can have a record and you can still be a general contractor. And so there are just certain things that people just don't know. They're just not educated on. And I want to be able to I want to be I want to be able to employ people. I yes. want people to be able to take care of their families. You know what I'm saying? And be able to push past their mistake and and feel free to be, you know, who they are today and not, you know, be a. Uh, 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 anchor to their past. I, I just want to be able to help people free from that. So that's how I, that's why I'm doing that now. And so now we just, I'm looking for the contracts, you know, and somebody, the, the city called me today, you know, are you interested in having a sit down meeting, you know, about some projects that we have is leading into other things. So do I know where the end goal is that, you know, with all of the construction right now, I don't because I'm still like in an incubation stage with it, but I'm going to figure it out. That is so Cool. Man, it is hard to get a job if you're coming out of prison. Yes. That is so cool that you now have the opportunity to provide that opportunity to people who have not really many options at all. People coming out of prison get it hard, just like a, a stay-at-home mom coming out the house trying to get a job with no credible experience other than being a stay-at-home mom you know what I'm saying yeah and so people got so many skills so many talents you know a woman it's not a crime for me to be a stay-at-home mom but you want to hold me to saying I don't have experience you know and put me in entry-level positions that is not it's going to be an obstacle in my household because I can't afford the daycare because you're not paying me high enough so you know what I'm saying we just got to get smarter as women as moms we got to know, OK, how do we leverage these opportunities around us so we can boss up and we can, you know, do some great things in our life. We're not limited. You know, you're only limited to the choices that you make. So make better choices. Yes, this is just too good. This is too good. Um, well, you've done so much. But what what is something and I know the contracting thing is still new to you. But what's something professionally or personally that you want to do that you haven't done yet? I, so I just launched this course, write a book in 30 days. I want to empower 10,000 women this year to be able to take the courage to write their first book. I want to see that happen. And I want to see that happen as a result of me helping the women write. So I don't do publishing or anything like that. I self-publish, but I think we discredit ourselves. And the reason why I think writing is so important because it just opens up Areas that we keep hidden, that we keep buried, um, and it just allows us to be able to blossom when you're able to write and you're able to pass something on beyond you. My my daughter, my 26 year old, she was having a conversation with me and she was like, Mom, she said, I wish I could live my life over again. I had another 
do over. I said, we all do. I said, you know, hindsight is twenty twenty. We all wish that we could do that. I said, but the way you do it is you keep paying it forward and you keep investing it in other people's growth. For me, it's investing in my kids. So I'm seeing what you're doing and I'm telling you what not to do because I did it wrong already. And you can take my advice and you can take it to the bank. You know what I'm saying? So when I wrote my book, my book is going to outlive me. And that's what I want women to do, do things that make sense to them and to know that, you know, they matter. I want to help because it helps to build your confidence. It helps to build your esteem because to write a book, you've got to go through so many, you know, issues in your mind. Who's going to listen to me? And what are people going to think? And, you know, and those are things we struggle with as women, even confident women, you know, struggle with, you know, confidence issues. And so the book really helps. So this year I want to try. I don't know how I'm going to do it, but I really want to see 10,000 women write, release their first book. Um, what is your piece of advice for someone who like, like I'm someone who I would wish I wrote more and I like one day maybe want to, but like, I always just like, don't do it. Like I always just don't write. And like this morning, for instance, I just had some thoughts on motherhood that just came to my mind. So I randomly just like posted something on Instagram and I'm like, I need to like catalog these feelings and thoughts and like, you know, and, and one day maybe put them all together. But it's like I never just sit down with the intention. I'm sitting down to write right now. You know what I mean? Well, you just said it, Lindsay. You said you never sit with the intention. You sitting, but you're not making it intentional. So now just say add the intention to it because you have a wealth of knowledge. You have a wealth of experience. You have, you know, so many things that are necessary for the next woman, the next person that's listening to you to, to completely change their life. You're a life changer. You're a change motivator. And in order for you to, you know, really impact the world and make a, you know, greater, you know, influence in these people who are keep attracting to you. Sometimes, you know, it goes to, you know, them having to read something coming from you because they connect with you. You know what I'm saying? So I would say be more intentional about it and just allow yourself to say, you know what, I'm going to just take these random thoughts. And you could create a, a positive random thought book. You would entitle it something. So keep posting every day like you're doing when they come up and then write a little bit more about it. You know, explore a little bit more into it. Dive into it a little bit longer. And before you know it, you'll have you an easy 30, 35 pages and you can produce your first book and you're going to kick yourself because you're going to be like, was it that easy? <laughs> <laughs> oh, my goodness. You are a doer. Are, are some people just born doers, though? Do you know what I mean? You are. You know what you're born with. So, like, you know, the type of compassions that you have, you know, I admire that. You know, I just don't have that. And but I don't I don't, you know, think bad about myself because I don't have them. That makes us all beautiful women, beautiful people where we can coexist together because we don't have the same thing the next woman has. So that's why, you know, it's like, OK, you know, people look at me because I'll stand in the forefront. But trust me, like even at my family, at my company, Family Services, Foster Care, I have a whole team behind me. And when I stand up and I show up, I got a family behind me. I got a husband behind me. So it's never just me. So, yeah, I'm doing and I'm the one that shows up, you know, but I, I have I have other stuff that's, you know, holding me up in the process. So whatever it is that you were born with, maximize it. Never be ashamed of it. And if it hasn't worked well for you, you just got to come up with a better plan on how do I illuminate this instead of, you know, just kind of, you know, letting it, letting it shine a little bit, mm. you know, but how do I let it be a light that shines, you know, in darkness that stands on a hill that everybody can see. And then you just keep, you know, moving towards, you know, being a brighter light. I love that. Cause I think that sometimes we're embarrassed to like really put it all out there. You know, does anybody care? Is that, am I really good at this? And it's like, I mean, if you own it, you got to own it because if you don't own it, it'll never turn into anything. You have to fully own it, though. Absolutely. Um, what's the best, most recent book you've read? I've read, I do a lot of audio books because mm -hmm. I'm in the car a lot and I'm working a lot. So sometimes it's not as easy to really engross myself in a book. But there was a book I was reading called Ask, and I'm so terrible with all authors. But it was talking about, you know, ask your way into what you want. And I was reading just like a, a, you know, part of the chapter the other day. So I went and I DM coach girl because I love coach and coach is in my budget. 
and everybody else, you know, into the Louie and the Gucci and stuff like that. Well, that stuff is expensive. And I still got kids I got to put through college. So I was like, I can still look fly and stylish, too, you know, when I'm not wearing my husband's I can. And I can wear coats. So I asked. And I'm, I'm going to let you know if they respond back. <laughs> I said, I'm going to be a coach ambassador yes. for the work of So, you know what I'm saying? It just, I like the book because it kind of like, it challenges you. Yeah. And it makes you challenge yourself and be like, okay, girl. What you really made of, what you really got. You know, you gonna do this? And I'm like, yeah. So now I'm figuring out what I'm really gonna ask for today because there's something I wanna ask to do today. And I just ask, and then when you tell me no, then I just keep finding my yes. Um, I wanna know who the author is. I guess I can just Google ask. Yeah, and it's so true too. And um I've learned that's something I've learned, you know, business wise with my podcasts and stuff like that. It's like don't sell yourself short on like what you're selling your advertising for and things like that. Because I don't know, something, something in me sometimes wants to be small about it. But if you, if you give a number that you believe you're worth, a lot of times a company will come back and say, fine. And if they don't say fine, they're probably not going to just flat out say no, They, they might come back with a lower number. So it's like, um, owning that what you're worth. Yep. And then it also feels good when you can walk away from it. If you feel it's not good enough. And that's what we do. A lot of times we settle and we're not happy. So if there was, you know, anything that I could really, you know, just recommend, especially to our women is just don't dumb down your gifting mm-hmm. and ask for your worth. Um, I'm coming to you because I don't have I can't I can't find the answers anywhere else. And so if I'm willing to invest to find the answers somewhere else, then why aren't you worthy of, you know, my investment in getting the answers from you? And that's what you need to see yourself. You know, you're a conduit for the growth of somebody else. But in order for them to grow, you got to see, you know, what they're willing to bring, you know, into that fold and, you know, the level of investment they're willing to make into themselves. Because if we think about it, one thing we can't get back is time. And we spend a lot of time trying to help people who don't do nothing with the information that we provide them with. So it was a it it helped them feel better for the moment. But then it just took away time. I could have been, you know, listening to what my kids had going on. You know what I'm saying? So I really am conscious about, you know, my time. And if I am going to expend it with you and it's not just good girlfriend talk or whatever, if you're messaging me talking about, oh, I heard this and I want to pick your brain. Guess what? I deter, I, I divert you right to, you know, my sign up sheet and we'll work it from there. Oh, if I had a dollar for every time someone asked me to pick my brain for podcast Girl, advice. We'd be in Tahiti or something <laughs> right now. Um, okay. Two more questions and we'll wrap up. I'm sure you have like a million houses to go like contract out and, and do. <laughs> Um, do you have a trip or like an experience or something you've done with your kids or your family that you recommend to other people? I recommend road trips. Me and my kids, we take a lot of, we go on vacations a lot. I'm I'm really into that. So we got timeshares with everybody, you know, and somebody say, oh, we got a free trip. If you do this, well, okay, we'll do it. We'll, do free, we'll sit for your hour, two hour, three hour. You lied and say it was going to be an hour, but it was actually three. Yeah, and, you yeah. Know, I'll sit for your three hour presentation so I can get this free trip for my kids. You know what I'm saying? Uh-huh. Because we got to go somewhere. But what I enjoyed the most was it was a random trip on spring break. And I was like, let's go to Hershey Park. I don't know where I heard from it. So we actually did a road trip to Pennsylvania. We went to Hershey Park and we toured the whole thing. We did the chocolate factory. And then I was like, okay, let's road trip it down. You know, then we went to Philadelphia. Then I was like, oh, we should go to um, Washington, D.C. and see the African-American Museum. We rode down and saw that. And then, you know, it was just and it was just the car interaction. And I didn't allow them to have their cell phone. So it was off the grid. Um, and it was fun. They really, they remembered it and they enjoyed it. I love that. We have been practicing up with the car time with our kids lately. Like they have become, I am so proud of them and it's not always easy, but I'm so grateful that we've decided to do these long trips with them in the car because they're, they're learning to be patient and, um, be together a lot. (laughs) And that's what you want, because you, Lindsay, working with all these families and, you know, different women and everything, you see how so many families, they break apart, you know, as everyone gets older and they really don't talk as much. And the bond is just not there. 
And it's like they just don't have a desire to come back together. You know what I'm saying? I don't want that for my kids. I let them be angry. I let them experience their emotions. But guess what? We don't go series of times without talking. So we got a family group chat. We always, everybody's always, you know, interacting in the chat. Then they got their own sibling chat because it's just important for me that they maintain close relationships with each other because I'm not always going to be here. So I want them to know that the value of family is very important. Um, I kind of wish I was your neighbor. I feel like you'd be a fun neighbor. Are you? And I had a fun mom. Girl, my girl, we turn up. Your husband be like, you get the tripping in the house. He gonna be like, go over there, go to Shannon's house. And then, <laughs> then you come, Amy, you get the tripping in the house. The kids be like, mom, it seems like you need to go to Shannon's house. <laughs> go, go get in on that culture because that you're not, we're not feeling it here. Oh, that's good. I feel like you could understand our hot mess, though. Uh-huh. You could handle the noise. Uh-huh. With no judgment. <laughs> just be like, girl, we, we just talk louder over it, right? And then, you know, it's like every time you tell them to shut up and be quiet, what they do, they amp it up. It's like, yo, you have put some respect on what I'm doing. Like, I was so waiting for my kids to run up the steps while we're oh, doing this. Totally. Like, I told them. They don't respect that. You know, it's just like, okay, mom, you know, you can do this big event and be like, yeah, I was just on a stage with, and, you know, because I've, I've shared stages with, you know, some celebrities and stuff. I come back on this high and then they come back, mom, what you cooking? Yeah. Yeah. You, yeah. <laughs> you're, you're no big thing anymore. You're, you're still mom. That's so good. Um, okay. Shannon, what's your last message to leave with our audience today? Trust the process. Hmm. Trust the process. Take it all in. Just take it all in. The mistakes, the good things, because it's all it's all necessary. It's all a part of your journey. It's all a part of your destiny. No one can do what you can do in this earth. So stop looking at who's doing things a certain way and just own the way that you were given to do it. So if you're an introvert, then guess what? You find a way to be the best introvert that still makes a big impact and has a loud voice in this earth. You know what I'm saying? Don't use certain cliches and terms to inhibit your ability to maximize this, you know, being this earthly being, but sent in heavenly form to do this great work here on this earth. Hey, everybody. Thanks for being here today. Thank you, Shannon, for coming on the show. You can find Shannon on Instagram and check out all she is doing. This is such an appropriate Instagram handle for her. It is I can lady. Um, you can find me personally on Instagram. I'm Lindsay Hine 626 over there. We'd also love to connect with you on our why is everyone yelling page, which is just why is everyone yelling? And we have a great Facebook group over there as well on Facebook and lots of great conversation over there. If you just go to why is everyone yelling? You can learn more about this podcast network, Sandy Boy Productions, when you go to sandyboyproductions.com. And if you want to be added to our mailing list, our email list, head over to the website, sandyboyproductions.com, and click on the Why Is Everyone Yelling tab, and uh, a little pop-up will come up, and you can just enter in your email. So you can get these show notes delivered to your inbox every single week so you don't miss you know like when you hear a book recommended that you want to write down but you're out doing something you can get those delivered to your inbox once a week we have a great episode coming up next week i don't know if you're already following the instagram moms of bigs but esther is the writer behind that handle and she has three grown children and has some really great things to say and some encouragement to us uh, for next week's episode so don't miss it All right. Have a really great rest of your week and we will see you next week on why is everyone yelling?